Get ready for non-stop action. Get ready for non-stop excitement. They're doing the job possibly nobody wants. Watching every canon film and analyzing them. To death. Frank Garcia Hale. Jeff Garlock in The Canon Canon. Daddy! <laughs> Welcome to The Canon Canon. My name is Jeff Garlock. And I'm Frank Garcia Hale. And this is the podcast where we are talking about and going through the entire filmography of Canon Films, the greatest film production company in the world. Oh, and today we've got a we've got a fun one. We have a very fun yeah. one and a very fun guest. Frank, who do we have with us? This next person was one of the first people I met when I moved to L.A., and immediately I was like, this person is incredibly funny and incredibly talented, and I've had the pleasure of working with her through the years. Um, she's an L.A.-based actor and musician. You may know her more recently as Ms. Marvel and the new video game Marvel's Avengers. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the Canon Canon, Sandra Saad. Hey! Yay. What's up, guys? <laughs> we are doing this. Thank you for coming on. Uh, Thanks for having me. Of course. Uh, and so today you chose, uh, oh, Frank, what year is this movie? It doesn't matter. This is Kathy Ireland's- 1988. 1988. Kathy Ireland vehicle, Alien from L.A. Oh, man, what a treat. What a treat. It was, I was happy you picked this one, honestly. I went like, through this yeah. list very, very intensely. I looked up every single movie, and I was like, I have, this one's, this one's mine. This is the yeah. one. I'm glad you glommed onto it, because it, it's, it's, it, you know, it had to be done, and it's a fun one, and it's a weird one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I'm fine. I'm glad we finally got to it. Uh, so yeah, why 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 was this the one that you kind of uh, lean towards in looking at the list? Like, what about it screened? We got an alien from LA. This one. This it's just silly. It's so silly. Um, I am a big fan of um, like taking one thing and like dropping it into another world, and then mm -hmm. like hilarity ensues. Then na 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 na. And <laughs> I was like, okay, cool. Like we're putting a human into some other world of some kind, and then she's the alien? Okay, cool. Um, it turns out the makeup and the hair were the most alien-esque parts of the Atlanteans, but we'll yes. get into that. Uh, oh, this big-boned alien, whatever that <laughs> means. So crazy. Uh, so before we get uh, really into this movie, uh, before we asked you to do this podcast, did you had you ever heard of Canon slash had any relationship with Canon Films uh, at all? No, <laughs> no, no. I I didn't I didn't like. I think Chuck Norris is probably the closest I get, and right. like just making Chuck Norris jokes. Mm -hmm. I was really into making Chuck Norris jokes when I was in high school, sure. uh, but didn't really know exactly where they came from. <laughs> I may have watched a film back then, but that's about it. He's ubiquitous. I mean, that's the beauty of, like, you kind of, like, y y we all know Chuck Norris without even knowing Chuck Norris. Somehow yeah. he's been ingrained yeah. in our brains, in our minds. Uh, if if you didn't have necessarily a relationship with Canada, like, growing up, uh, what was your relationship with movies and or either, uh, you know, for us, it was going to the video store and renting 
movies. Like, uh, where did you come at that as a child, especially? I think as a child, even even until now, I think my attention span just latches on to TV. Mm-hmm. Um, and like Rugrats was my deal, sitcoms. <laughs> and right. um, so I think with film, I can't like I do not do scary at all. All. <laughs> like I cannot do scary, <laughs> which I think is why I, I do like comedy so right. much more. I'm like, I don't know, give me the opposite, something that just makes me feel good. Mm-hmm. Um, so especially like, now, yeah. Well, yeah, yes, absolutely. <laughs> yes. Um, so I know there were definitely like a few on the list that were scary, and I was like, maybe I should go for it. Maybe I should try. Oh, and my neighbor, I wish. Uh, my neighbor who I was talking through this with was like, don't, don't do it to yourself. Every time you get so upset. Just don't. <laughs> so, so even growing up, like I- I'd never watch scary movies or anything. If anything, it was just like a uh, silly comedy. And also like, I don't know, of course, like Disney animated films were really, really big. Sure. Um, yeah. Definitely. When are they not going to be? <laughs> They're, they are a powerhouse. Uh, <laughs> had you ever seen alien from la at all or knew about it at all before this no no not at all (laughs) (laughs) so this is a wild surprise all around yeah yeah. (laughs) i love that i mean that's the thing it's like i feel like we are like watching it i was like what an odd one also to just dive into not only the canon world but also just this movie because even watching it (laughs) I was like, man, I do enjoy this movie, but I was like, what is this movie? The entire time. I was <laughs> exactly. like, what is it even called completely? What genre is it? <laughs> is it a comedy? Yeah. Is it not at all supposed to be a comedy? I think that's not true, but it's it's I had that same exact thought. It's insane because you're like and and even like as it continues, like they'll get into new sections of it, which is we'll get into especially at the end is the most canon part of it to me is that it feels like it's such an odd mishmash of something. (laughs) Um, Frank, had you ever seen Alien from LA before? Yeah, actually, I have a very fun history with this movie um, because it was 1993 and MTV was doing a um, Comedy Central preview. Uh, Occasionally, Networks would do previews of other channels for a weekend so that you could see like, oh, I like this channel. I want to purchase this channel, you know, the premium stuff. Right. Or, you know, check it out, this channel. And I, at that time, my cable provider did not carry Comedy Central. uh, What a time. (laughs) They they So that whole weekend, I was like in heaven because I was like, I'm going to just watch MTV this whole weekend. And that was the first time I had ever seen Mystery Science Theater 3000. Oh, man. And this was the movie. So the first time I ever saw Mystery Science Theater 3000 was when they watched this movie. Whoa. And... And that was weird because most people, their introduction to Mystery Science Theater 3000 was the Joel years. Yeah. But this was like right after Joel left. And so it was the Mike years. Right. So my first taste was, you know, of Mike Nelson being the host. But I absolutely lost it. And I was just like, what is this show? What is this movie? So I just became What a life changer. Like, I mean, like, dude. That, that, I mean, it's only in the past couple of years where it's like, I like forgot 
how important like in a developmental comedy step MST3K was. Like yeah. and to the point where like me and my friend would do like fake MST3K <laughs> like not oh, yeah. not Everybody, realizing yeah. that they wrote it ahead of time like most people so it's just like we'd film us watching something for 5 minutes and be like let's watch it again. <laughs> like it's fun to watch ourselves <laughs> making bad jokes. I remember, like, Mystery Science Theater was definitely a thing on MTV when I was growing up. Mm -hmm. And I, like, I feel like I was just so young, I didn't really get it. And then when I started doing UCB, um, Cody Ziegler, my friend Zig, um, had it on one day when, like, like my comedy group, like our improv group went over and, and was just, like, hanging out. He had it on, and I was like, what is this? And he's like, where have you been? What bubble do you live in? This is Mystery Science Theater. And we watched through something, and I was like, they keep interrupting. And then he's like, that's the, <laughs> that's the point. Who are these I, jerks? I know. I'm like, they're funny. They're funnier than the movie, which is ruining it for me. He's like, that's the point. Uh, so I, it was like, yeah, it was like maybe like two weeks ago. I don't know when we were emailing, but um, I... Had I was like watching the full film, and then my neighbor, who I watch uh, like a lot of movies with, he's like a big, big film guy. Um, he was like, "Let's watch the mystery science theater version too." And I was like, <laughs> "What's that?" And he's like, and "So he explained oh, wow. it to me," and I was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, I've heard of this." And then we <laughs> watched. Oh. Man, their jokes are good. Yeah, they really are. I'm also glad that you saw it recently because I was like, throughout, I was like, I kept writing down to just like. I swear I haven't seen the MST3K one in a long time. I hope I'm not see- noticing oh, yeah. the same things they have. Because I think, for me, I'm not sure of some... Like, I've seen a lot of MST3K, especially since I was, like, in junior high. But I don't think I ever watched Alien from L.A. on MST3K. I only watched it on HBO, and I've seen it a lot. Like, it was on, like, HBO a lot yeah. as a child. And I was also throughout this having a lot of triggering subconscious emotions to certain scenes and characters where I was like, oh, that used to make me so nauseous. Like, there are some, (laughs) like, character designs (laughs) that really were, like, we talk about them maybe too much, like Frank Hanelotter level of, like, made me sick and, like, scenes I forgot about that I was like, oh, this was always on and I would turn it on during this scene and as like a eight-year-old, a 10-year-old, just be like, no, no, <laughs> not at all. I hate this. It was just disgusting, which is part of the plus of this movie that we'll get into. Our classic catchphrase, we'll get into it. <laughs> yeah, we'll um, get into it. Uh, uh, Frank, do we... Uh, but also, Kathy Ireland was huge at that time too. I mean, I don't... Uh, it's... What a... What a cliche at this point, but... I almost wonder if you were wondering while we were watching it, was this part of young Jeff Garlock's sexual awakenings? <laughs> like watching this movie again as a chat. Like it's like when I saw a lot of these canon films and I was like only eight or 10, it was just like, oh, right. Kathy Ireland's a beautiful woman. Like and yeah. just like had that in my brain because she also was like all, everywhere. Like you said at that point, like she was in a surprising amount of yeah. stuff. Like, my wife was like, why is she acting in this? I was like, because she acted in a lot. She was a necessary roughness. Why? But, like, just for her yeah. beauty. Just because she's pretty. I know. How it, heartbreaking. I it I She was in National Lampoon's Loaded Weapon 1. National Lampoon's Yo. Loaded Weapon 1. Yes. Uh, she's in a bunch of TV stuff. She, like, she, it's like, 
it's surprising when yeah. you look at her IMDb, actually, how many things she got yeah. her way in. It's that's crazy. the era of supermodels, you know. It's like you're that's huge celebrity when you're a supermodel. That is true. Like, what did you say? It's eighty yeah. seven. Uh, uh, eighty eight. Eighty eight. That's honestly, that's also yeah. House of Style, like on MTV. Like, sit, uh, like around right. that era. Like, I mean, like we're getting into the era, like you said, like we're beginning of the era of the supermodel where it's like Cindy Crawford and everyone from Sports Illustrated like had the lay of the land for the whatever career they chose yeah. at that point. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know if Kathy uh, proves that she <laughs> deserves to have a lead in a film oh, uh, in this. <laughs> <laughs> but but there's so many people you could say that about. So yeah, it's like, that's true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, especially with canon. I mean, yes, true. <laughs> I don't know. We'll get into it. It's a wild ride for yeah, me we'll watching it. Again, yeah. because I've been thinking about this movie since I was eight. I'm 42. Like that's a long time to have yeah. Alien from LA exist in my <laughs> stupid, stupid brain. Um. So so yeah, Frank. Do we have uh? What do we have any stats? For 80... Yeah, we got stats. Barely, but we got stats. <laughs> um, so, Alien from L.A., a.k.a. Wanda, a.k.a. Odeon, um, was released February 26, 1988, with a budget of, who knows, <laughs> and a gross of, who knows. <laughs> so, here are the top 10 movies, according to Box Office Mojo, of 1988. Number one, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Yeah. yeah. Number two, Coming to America. <gasps> wow. Number three, Good Morning Vietnam. <laughs> Number four, Big. Number five, Crocodile Dundee 2. Number six, Three Men and a Baby. Number seven, Die Hard. Eight, <laughs> Moonstruck. And uh, nine, Cocktail. Ten, Beetlejuice. Oh. How's Beetlejuice number 10? I know. That's crazy. I mean, that is a stacked year. I think, like, compared to, like, 84, which we had talked about before, that's a pretty good year of movies. Yeah. You know what? That's also a pretty, L this to say, that's a pretty L.A. year of movies, too. I mean. Oh, yeah. Alien from L.A., Die Hard, California. Like Crocodile Dundee two, yeah. isn't that in L.A.? <laughs> like that's in L.A. Yeah. Like it, it, that was the year we decided we needed more L.A. and not just faking that <laughs> it was some other places. Uh, <laughs> thanks Hollywood. Uh, so yeah, what were you gonna say? No. So out of the two hundred and thirty nine movies that are listed for this year, uh, guess where Alien from L.A. landed? Was it like number twelve or something? <laughs> Well, oh God, I please, uh, please say 12, Frank. If only you guys could see the look on Frank's face. I, it's like, <laughs> it's nowhere. It's just, nowhere? It's nowhere. Just didn't make anything. Nowhere. The only, <laughs> the only alien movies that are listed in this year are Alien Nation at 43 and My Stepmother is an Alien at 111. <laughs> oh. Whoa. Also, Alien Nation, another LA movie. Um, so that mm. is... Scary. Did we watch a movie that doesn't exist? It has no budget. It's one of those <laughs> canon films where you're just like, you can't find any information about the budget right. or it, that it even was in theaters. It's it's such a, I have a feeling it's maybe one of those that just went kind of right to HBO. This movie must have had some kind of 
budget, right? Like they they had a lot of cool stuff going on. Yes, uh, it, it's it's because it's you know we'll get into it further in a bit, but like the, the aesthetics are pretty strong. Like I mean, like yeah. it's it's not like there actually was more going on than I remembered. Uh, and it it was kind of shocking. Like, and yeah, like you had to at least have somewhat of a budget to pull off what they pulled off in some of Atlantis. Uh, I mean, like just to have Deep Roy's eyelashes is enough just to for me. have those nauseating eyelashes. <laughs> Why are you trying to give me nightmares already? Like that's one of the. That hey was... man, you're the one who watched the movie like 48 times. I know. I've got issues. <laughs> like this is what I should be talking about with my therapist, not my family. Jeez, that's pointless. I need to talk about Deep Roy's must uh, uh, eyelashes while he stares into a magnifying glass. Hey, that at least gives you a budget of like. You know, fifty thousand, or sorry, fifty million. At the very <laughs> maybe least, maybe fifty thousand. <laughs> I, I mean, it, fifty thousand, fifty million. Either or, we'll take it because yeah. we got no other info on this thing. Right. Yeah, it's it because it's. Yeah. I mean, also, so, it's, yeah. Sorry, what were we gonna say? No, but who directed it? Um, uh, Albert Pyun, right? Mm-hmm. He directed Cyborg, uh, and the made-for-TV Captain America and some kickboxer and nemesis movies. Yep, and also Dangerously Close, if you remember that. Yep. Movie. Yep. Uh, with the smithereens, blood and roses. I do. <laughs> um, yeah. And he also co-wrote it. And with uh, Deborah Ricci, who only co- wrote this movie and its sequel. Right. Wait. Excuse me. Hold on. Sa- Hold on. Its sequel? No. Frank. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You really buried the lead there for me. What sequel are we talking about? Alien from Louisiana. <laughs> Alien well, from the Bayou. <laughs> so here's the thing. Okay. It's loosely based off of Journey to the Center of the Earth, right? Right. Yeah. So that's the sequel. Wait, they oh, so they did Journey to the Center of the Earth, and that was the sequel to Alien from LA? Yeah, and they and she reprises her role. Whoa, 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 whoa. This is hurting my brain. It came out in 89, I believe. Who produced that? Who did that? Was that a Golan and Globus? Or a Global? I didn't, I I don't know. I didn't get to see. That is so confusing to me. I am more perplexed than I've been in a while. That there is a sequel that is also off of the move the thing it was based off of and that Kathy Ireland went in again okay <laughs> wowzer bowser that is crazy yeah. to me they also the other writer of this uh Sandra Berg uh wrote on the swap swamp thing tv series world of war tv uh war, war of the worlds <laughs> tv series and most recently, the Hallmarky kind of Christmas movies. Oh, okay. Okay, I can, I can see that. Yeah, yeah, I weirdly can kind of see that. They mm. kind of Swamp Thing in. and Hallmark. I can see that. That might be how I describe Alien from L.A. <laughs> Swamp Thing meets go. Hallmark movies. <laughs> yeah, the director did a fair amount of stuff. Like, I mean, he even did Doll Man, which is that, like, you know, the Tim Tim Thomerson, like, series uh, that matched up with uh puppet master he also did brain smasher a love story which was andrew dice clay's movie uh like maybe his first movie maybe after casual sex (laughs) 
uh, with Leah Thompson and uh, Victoria Jackson. Um, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. They, I mean, it weirdly, ha- like, uh, there are people behind it. Uh, also, uh, 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 the, one of the guys who did music has your last name. Uh, Saad, uh, James, uh, like, it's like, I, and that's all. I like James the music. Saad. Yeah. I saw that in yeah. the credits when it came. I was like, you're welcome. Yes, thank you. <laughs> and I was like, that's why we picked this movie. Ah, I get it. Uh, no, I mean, and I also did enjoy the music sometimes. Like, it was yeah. like. I did too. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, a sh- it's a weird score. I mean, just like everything. The whole movie is weird. <laughs> and the score itself is weird. Like it, it, yeah, because it it goes back and forth between like orchestral, like very like loud orchestral, almost like inappropriately loud orchestral, to then very cheap made for TV uh, synth yeah. uh, synth music. Like that orchestral music was every time they stumble upon a dinosaur in Jurassic Park, but for like. <laughs> Eight minutes straight and piercingly loud enough to wake up my toddler in the other room at one point. And then, yeah, then the other stuff was this uh, kind of weird, awesome, like I was into the 80s Sid stuff. Like anytime those came on, I was like, all right. And then they'd go back to the crazily, piercingly loud orchestral John Williams. Your thoughts, Sandra, what are your thoughts on that? I, there's so much happening. I, don't remember very much of the music but um i remember like i really loved those beach scenes mm-hmm. they were so inappropriate like w- you know the when like the first one the first one where her her blonde friend is like super mean to her she's got bad friends right oh i i remember there being some like Really, like, nice, kind of almost sad, romantic, airy music happening with the beach. I was like, okay, this works. It's, like, nice, cheesy 80s. And then definitely felt my uh, my speakers spike a little bit at times yeah. when we were down in the, in the Atlantis world. I think that's the crazy <laughs> part, too, is, like, because I end up watching all these things with subtitles, uh, like, I get to see what they think the music is. And I was like, <laughs> it said that it was romantic music for that part. Oh, I was like, yeah. okay. I mean, yeah. And then it's weird that she's getting <laughs> broken up with and yelled at and degraded. Oh, man. And she's just yeah. begging to take her back. Please, I can change. <laughs> no. <laughs> and, then, and the music's so beautiful. No, you beautiful. can't. <laughs> oh, I almost that- wanted the music to turn on her because of how she was being treated. <laughs> I think that's the thing. And that's why you probably also at certain points didn't remember the music. Because, like, once you noticed that it was romantic music, it did not stop. Yeah. (laughs) Until they got to the opening scene in Africa where it changed to sinister oriental music is how they described it. Which I was like, bad way to describe that nowadays. Yeah. Um, and, and that's the thing is like you we've we've seen this before on older subtitles where you're just like, oh boy, can we update the racism of these subtitles? Right. Like they just forgot. Like they forgot that they were being uh terrible human beings. Also like the the names of characters, uh, I feel like, 
I don't know. Like they're they're in the care they're in the credits already, right? Mm-hmm. But when you look them up on IMDb, there's one I wanted to. I was trying to look up. Uh, was it Deep Ron? Yeah, and I uh, found Deep Roy. Deep Roy. Deep Roy. Yeah. Deep Roy. Yeah. And like one of the characters was just straight up named Fat Woman, and I was like, Oh no! Can we give her? <laughs> I uh, know. Can we just call her Brittany or something? When your when your character's name like the casting short chain like short name for it it's just like just give it yeah. a name or just like don't name her at all she's is she background or right no no she's a <laughs> fat woman that's her name oh. everyone calls her fat woman in atlantis that's how we do it and that's a joke about this uh for Kathy Ireland in this movie her character is that they keep saying that she's big bones yeah. like she's just i'm like what yeah what are you talking about? Everybody's the same size in this world. What are you talking about? If Must there's... be some joke that I just... But And I think what you just said is the sometimes the description for a lot of the movie is I kept writing like, must be some joke for something. Like there constantly would be things where I was like, I think that's supposed to be a joke. Yeah. At some point I, when I, yeah. I, I was like, that must mean like, big boobs to them right and they're just like they're from another world and they don't get boobs maybe right and maybe she just (laughs) is the only one who shows her cleavage so she gets the big bone nickname i don't know well because i like i mean because that's you know now that we're we're just getting into it like so i mean the basics if you haven't seen alien from la it's basically it is a retelling of journey the center of the earth to some extent and it's essentially kathy ireland is playing a quote-unquote nerd like Worse than like a not another teen movie style joke of her, like because like literally from the moment she comes on screen, you're just like you are Kathy Ireland. Yeah, like put a pair of glasses on. Yeah. You're stunning. You haven't done anything to make her not stunning. Like she's a supermodel. You don't you earn that title very like by being Kathy Ireland. <laughs> And they keep acting like she isn't, but she goes into Atlantis to find her father, and then hilarity ensues. Is essentially what the movie. As is. soon as she lands in Atlantis, her they break her glasses, or her glasses break <laughs> right. just from just from like landing on the floor, and then she gets to be beautiful, right? But my question right. is, how does she see for Thank the rest you. of the movie? <laughs> Here's- I thought the same exact thing as I mean we're all we all wear glasses here. I'm wearing contacts right now, yes. but we're all glasses wearers. Yeah, and I'm sure we all thought that immediately, being like, "But how then?" When she gets into that alley town and is like looking out, like I was like, and she's like, oh, "Look at this amazing place!" But I was like, "No, you should be like squinting." Yeah. And trying to get that like squint vision where you try to like up your like vision a little bit by trying to squint. Cause yeah, I slept on the couch last night because my kid came into bed and started kicking me. And I was like, I can't deal with this. But that meant I left without my glasses and hearing aids on. So when I woke up, I was just like, this is what Kathy Ireland was doing the right. whole time. <laughs> like, I can't and- see anything. I'm spilling coffee, I'm going everywhere. And you know, the glasses, of course, right? Like, they're such a like the opposite of a fashion statement right especially back then like they make you look ugly i guess you know uh, which is the point of like taking them off so like that leads me to believe that she really needs them 
Yeah. Um, if they're like yeah. the one deciding factor of like w- w- the difference between like a model and like an ugly girl. And so when she gets rid of them or when they break into a million pieces, I was like, oh no, how is she going to do the rest of this movie? Is she going to walk around bumping into stuff? <laughs> she's not concerned. But she's fine. Yeah, to she's the, fine. To the point that even when she gets yeah. back to the uh, land, not to jump all the way to the end, but like she doesn't need glasses. She just yeah. needs a, she just needs a bikini and no glasses. That's just how it works. Welcome to yeah. Atlantis. Uh, we fixed everything. Maybe they have Lasix <laughs> down there. I don't know. <laughs> Her reaction to that though is so funny because it's so it's such a slow delivery. She uh, peeks her head out from the car and is like, "My glasses." <laughs> <laughs> but then she's like, "She's like, all right, now let's move on." Yeah, it's by my dad. <laughs> I would be talking about it nonstop. <laughs> Like honestly, like that guy would have <laughs> yeah. been annoyed by me being like, but do like do you have glasses down here? <laughs> like could I go to like an optometrist or something? It'll take like <laughs> 5 minutes. Like I just need to t- I know my prescription. I've got it in my pocket cuz I'm a nerd and I'm carrying it with me. Can I get another pair? But no, she's like she seems to just be fine and then she's hot because that's also like, you know, like we are saying like they start off in that she is the worst, quote unquote. And her boyfriend over romantic music just talks her down. Oh it's just God. like, you have disgusting hair. You have, <laughs> and I was just like, hair looks very good. Like yeah. it's like throughout the movie, yeah. it doesn't change. Right, it's like slightly like one percent less feathered. Like, okay. okay. <laughs> but I'm saying like literally like one percent. Like when she puts her face in that do-gooder or whatever that machine was was the thing yeah. that made her like uh, beautiful quote unquote you guys. just steamed her face off steamed <laughs> the flesh off of her bones so when in the beginning right when her boyfriend's breaking up with her cause she's just like afraid of everything and you know she's like oh, I'm gonna get on a plane like I'll show him right <laughs> and so like she's she goes and she she like takes up her stuff and she's like looking around for stuff and she's entering to these rooms that I would never think of entering and she's really journeying out and then she puts her face into this foreign machine that tells her to I'm like girl are you are you scared like how how can you be like brave now or is she just like dumb does she just go for it man and the fact that she knew to press that that thing with her foot to make the steam happen i was like how do you know how do you know this how are you comfortable enough to do this did you know you were gonna get a makeover right it's because she she was just aware even though she's from above she knows that the govco 1000 poor duifier uh, you just gotta <laughs> press that button and steam is gonna shoot at your face. And I, di- I that was again, even in that was one of those jokes where it says the poor duifier has done all it can. And I was like, I guess it's a joke. Is this a comedy? I'm but that's still not part sure. of the joke though. Is she lucks into that? Just has she lucked into uh, falling down that hole that set off that Rube Goldberg machine? Uh, and then she lucked into accidentally stepping. She puts her face in that thing, being like, what's this? And then she <laughs> accidentally steps on it, and it just transforms her. Right. And I guess transforming <sighs> is just putting on some lipstick and maybe a little mascara is kind it's of so all funny. it really did. Well, it, it, uh, it gave her like a blowout. It blowed her yeah, hair out a little bit. That is true. 
I guess like that, and also, you know, for the listener, if we haven't, we, we, we've been referencing it. One of the main things of Alien from L.A. that most people, if you know it, know it for. So Kathy Ireland has a voice <laughs> mm-hmm. that she really leans into. It is a recurring theme where if you thought, how would they make a quote unquote nerdy, annoying voice? It's probably going to be probably times 100 to yeah. get to how annoying that voice can be at times in this movie. Dad? It's borderline <laughs> offensive at times. Yeah. Because she also does this walk that you're like, oh, you're a very attractive person who's doing like how a mean girl would make fun of a nerdy girl yeah. at the lunch table being like, she's all like, what's for lunch? You know, it's like, oh God, she's like mocking. <laughs> like, yeah. like, She's all like, I need to find my daddy. <laughs> you're right, Frank. I noticed, well, okay, this is a definitely a mystery science theater joke. They were like, hey, she just got her, she got knee surgery. I was, I was like, I'm tempted to look that up. Did Kathy, did, did she actually have knee surgery? Is right. that why she was walking around or was that like a character choice? I, it, it it's, I would like to know as well. Like, it, it now, it's pretty it, consistent. Yeah. Now I love, I mean, I love this theory that it's actually kind of jerky. Cause I never, like the minute you said that Frank, I was like, yeah, that is how you fuck with someone. Like that's like, yeah. <laughs> like in the worst way she's possible. She's like, yeah, she's the mean girl being like, I have to go do math. Right. And if she wasn't <laughs> Kathy Ireland and if she wasn't a well-known supermodel, like it would probably not read as much as that, but like it just does. Like it's just like there's no, you can't dispute that. Like they're not kind of early on, especially leaning into the joke enough that she that like oh we can't really make her not beautiful. We can't really make her a nerd because like <laughs> as a waitress she's got she's wearing like a sexy cut off shirt and like all of every variation on it. You're just like it's just the glasses and the voice like that's yeah. it and it's so odd. At some point she shows up looking like I don't know like a princess from Egypt or something wearing yes like, she was wearing like a turban i don't know like uh, with like her boobs all hanging out yeah her belly all showing i was like where do you get these clothes and then also she borrowed that dress from the the like bartender lady yep and then everyone was making fun of her for the dress i was like what are y'all making fun of she looks beautiful (laughs) i think that's what that's the thing like it's like it's like that's a joke i guess yeah 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 you're right (laughs) That's the joke, I guess, is just the good summary of lessons. Whenever they try to do comedy in this movie, because like it was like 40 minutes in, 30 minutes in is when I wrote down like, wait, is this supposed to be a comedy? Like I wasn't positive completely. And then they start leaning into it. There's one part where I'm like, I think they think this could, this sort of is a comedy. (laughs) When she's giving the uh, exposition of what Atlantis is. Right. And she says, there's a joke where she's reading from the thing and she says, don't laugh. Yes. Oh, that's right. That was that was the exact moment where I, I have, I'm looking at my note. That was the exact moment where I was like, wait a second. Do they think this is a different movie than it's been up until now? Because that's pretty <laughs> far in. Like, and, and then after that is when they will sometimes have like kind of self-referential things. Like at one point, I think it's another one she says. She says, why does everyone wear funny makeup and weird clothes? 
And I was like, good summary of this movie. Like, it really is just like, what is this? I don't know. Atlantis is just a bunch of people wearing weird makeup and weird clothes. No rhyme or reason completely. Um, It was so like, and and, yeah, I mean, do we think that it was trying to be self-aware? Was it self-aware? I think so. I had... I think maybe it had to be. <laughs> but your non-committal answers it stronger than you say. <laughs> Just, you started off of like, I think so. It has to be, please. <laughs> you know what did, I mean? Did y'all watch the trailer for this? I did not. Yeah. So that gives it the the feeling that it's a comedy romp. Oh, like a Romancing the stone E comedy romp or no like a late 80s like steve gutenberg type of romp oh so like yeah, a soft remember... comedy romp it did have some like n- narration right yeah it's got that that trailer guy who's more upbeat than the serious one yeah. it's like <laughs> yeah she was a girl from la and yeah. it's like kind of one of those things it's like that snl sketch we've probably talked about where they get trapped in a lowe's where they're just showing trailers right. forever. It's like, Shelly Long's just found the man of her <laughs> dreams. Too bad. He's a puppet. I feel hey, good. That yeah. narrator made yeah. me pick this movie. Oh, really? I, I was like, okay, this this feels silly. And also, like, they did have some of the beach scene in there or a little uh-huh. bit of it. And I was like, I want to watch this. Whatever this beach scene is, I want right. to watch it. But they give away the ending at the beginning of that trailer. Yeah. Do they? (laughs) Yeah. They're like, she was a girl from L.A. And it's the end uh, of her on the beach. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I love it. They don't care. Who cares is what they said. (laughs) All you want to see is is Kathy Ireland in a bikini is what they're saying in the trailer. I think the fun part about the beach scene that I forgot about, too, is like they really, especially from the boyfriend, it's like they want to remind you that this is alien from, quote unquote, L.A., like, because he's just, like, listing off L.A. and California things. He's like, yeah. I wanted to go to Redondo Beach, and then you didn't want to go to... Like, he's just, like, <laughs> saying things. Like, we went down to the Sunset Strip and then went over to the Capitol Records building. Like, he might as well just be, like, Hollywood sign. But it's just like, yeah, I guess it's L.A. Okay, I guess that's going to be... The Californians. Yeah. yeah, just the Californians, basically. <laughs> oh, man. Like, just... Just his harshness with her, I was like, "Yeah, that's that's L.A." Uh, <laughs> also, also, do you guys remember? So I don't, I don't think it was a waitress. I think it was her other friend, the the blonde friend, mm-hmm. who was sitting with her. Uh, was it in the car where she was kind of like it, talking about how lonely she was, or like her mom or whatever? And then the friend goes, "Your mom got run over and died." And I was like, "Oh, that's." Yeah. Shut up. Like who said who breaks some news like that? Who says that? Right. Be nice. Somebody died. Just so cold. Yeah. It's, it's an insane way to introduce that information. Which yeah. is also like that's the beauty of like you know, we're always when we're watching a canon film, like looking for where the exposition will be. And like, you know, when it's an action film, it's almost always in the news. There'll be like a yeah. news report. But in this, it was the combination of the boyfriend. <laughs> Who basically was just like, this is what I'm sick about with you. Your main character traits and the thing <laughs> that we hope eventually you go on a hero's quest and change. 
And then, then the friend was just like, and this is the part I hate about your background, that your father is an explorer and that he abandoned you and that your mother's dead in a car crash, which was like, oof. Yeah, no she wonder. Didn't, she didn't like react to no. that either. No. She was already sad, right? Yeah. But when somebody yeah. says that about like any any death, like does not matter who it is, but like. I, I, I'd, I'd freak out a little bit. I don't know. I was sad for her. I mean, if we're thinking this yeah. is a light comedy, but part of the driving force of this quote-unquote nerd is that her father abandoned her to go to somewhere, and then her mother died in a car crash. Like, <sighs> she's suffering from a lot of trauma. And now yeah. I'm also like, wait, is the voice a personification of that trauma? Like when like you have such a traumatic incident, you revert to a childhood like uh, uh, personality. <laughs> like we're getting oh, deep, yeah. Jeff. Well, I'm just wait, like, we're trying See, Jeff, to. Jeff, you're doing the thing where we're re- rewriting the movie I, to be better. I know. <laughs> we love to connect the dots on here and make it actually work. But because like it's hard because it's like now it's right. just there's no getting around that like. If you've got a light comedy and light romp, but you're injecting that amount of dark stuff, like it's then it has to affect her. Like, and then, yeah. and, and especially when it's like, oh, that's like almost yeah. psychology 101 stuff. Like that, like her annoying voice that was so annoying. My wife went to bed early because she was just <laughs> like, I literally can't listen to her anymore. Well, <laughs> and she's walking around, you know, throughout the movie just going, Dad. Yeah, yeah. So, ah, you would think that there is some like psychology <laughs> in yes. there. Which also speaks to when you said that, like, you had to like be worried about music blowing out because, like, the volume levels of her annoying saying "daddy" were always like she was wandering around whispering it in Atlantis, and then like some crazy yeah. swell. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like I just now I'm just like, oh, she's a trauma victim. She's trauma victim. She she can't even see herself in the mirror to realize that she looks like Kathy Ireland. She thinks she's a nerd. <laughs> you know? It's insane. And then her dad had that weird collage that just looked like magazine cutouts. <laughs> he picked up a Sports <laughs> Illustrated swimsuit issue. And he cut out centerfolds of Kathy Ireland's. Like, everyone, she's got a blowout and full makeup. Like, it's insane. So that's why, again... She looks nothing like her character. I I think this theory might be the truth, that she has such a trauma that she is broken in the inside. And because at one point, she was going to glamour shots at the very least to get photos of her (laughs) dressed up like that. Um... Well, do you guys remember when she first arrives in Africa? Mm-hmm. Like, did she have a morphine drip on the way? Or, like, why was she being like that? <laughs> right. That, I, that got me thinking, like, oh, lagged? she's messed up. No. like She also, says there, she's tired, but I'm with you. That was, like. There was, <laughs> like, fog in the room, too. I was like, this yeah. girl is high. Yeah. Well, because she gets drugged later, and it's the same it's reaction. The same. So, uh, yeah, she's she's got issues. She might be an addict, too. I watched that scene a couple of times because right. I was like, there must be something I'm missing. And then later I was like, okay, she she like maybe Kathy is just like acting sad and tired yeah. or she could be like the character yeah. could be like super trauma trauma. So right. that ties into what you were saying. 
Maybe that's why my dad left me. <laughs> Just like falling asleep while that she's That scene speaking. itself is so uncomfortable too. Yeah. yeah. Because it's like you have that white guy who looks like Michael Gross doing an offensive <laughs> Middle Eastern maybe accent. Oh so God. broad and so offensive. Yeah. And then he's kind of creepy. And then the house that he lives in, I guess the basement is the the pit to... So let's get into that. The basement is just a... Uh, is the alien pit. Her father <laughs> is an archaeologist, world famous, but ultimately... All he had to do was go to the closet in his apartment to open up a Rube Goldberg machine that would Indiana Jones us into a pit into the center of the earth. So it was like vaguely Egypt. Yes. With like stones and bones and skeletons. Oh, Zambawanga, North Africa. Oh, yeah. I looked it up. The Philippines, right? It's not, is there, yeah. did I, it's not even, <laughs> I was like. That's what came up on my map. <laughs> it's like, at first I was like, all right, sounds like they're just making up some jerky name. Like, as I was just like, I wasn't clear. And then I was like, yeah, that you looked at too. And I was like, wait a second. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. So I'm Egyptian. Right. Right. And my, I was watching with my neighbor and he was like. That's not a town in Egypt, right? And I was like, no, I think they just made it up. And I was like, hang on, let's pause this because I'm I'm not up on you know my geography anyway. Right. <laughs> so I looked it up and I was like, yo, this is in the Philippines, or maybe I'm spelling it wrong, but it's either made up or in the Philippines. Right. Because I thought at first it was made up. I thought it was like Valverde that we've talked about, which is like it's a made up South American country that's used in a lot of '80s action films. Like where they just like made up a fake place. So it's like not completely racial, but it still kind of is. Uh, But yeah, it's such a weird move because like all of the names in here are so weird. Anyway, so I was like, when we got to the names of everyone in Atlantis, I was like, wait, are they just like trying to find what they think are like weird names? Because like even like was her her name's Wanda... Snockhausen, which apparently is a small character in Journey to the Center of the Earth, the actual story. So I was like, oh, they didn't make that part up. Uh, it's just very, there's a lot of confusing choices in even that bit where you're just like, why? Why well, pick the, a place that's real but not there? Yeah, yeah. Well, the guy's name's Gus. Right? But his I full was like- name is... Like Gusyan Guten El oh. Etwas. Guten oh, okay. Etwas. Uh, yeah, they all have. And then there's Charmin. Who's Charmin? <laughs> so, I think that was just like a douche. Charmin. That's I'm just... sure he had another name, but his introduction to her was like, hey, I know you want me to sweep you off your feet, but I'm a Charmin guy. And she's like, okay, Charmin. Like, I don't think that was his name. <laughs> I'm hoping it's not his name. It's such a weird. They didn't even need to introduce him. They already had a guy that yes. was already kind of set up. And it's out of nowhere. He comes an hour, uh, more than an hour into the movie mm-hmm. just to set up that part at the end. But you could easily do that with the guy that she meets. But then again, I guess that's kind of a, a little progressive maybe that the, I don't know. Is it? It's, no, it's, you know, not. The guy's like, <laughs> it's not. It's Frank. not, Frank. I'm saying no, because, it's well, not. Because, well, he's, he's, he's dedicated to his girlfriend. He's dedicated to his girlfriend, the actor who plays both that the bartender lady and the waitress, uh, the main waitress at uh, the burger place. Right. So well, speaking of weird choices, duty. so why 
why are there multiple, multiple castings? Hang on. Okay. Yeah. So, um, they had a tiff. Don't you remember the waitress and Gus? Because he did not show up to their wedding. Oh. Do, do you guys remember that? I th- I'm pretty sure this was like a thing and Wait, not just Mystery Science What Theater. happens? Like, they had an argument because she was like, you didn't show up to the wedding. And he was like, oh, yeah, I had things to do or whatever. Was that not? That happened, right? I don't remember. It didn't that happen. You're right. You're it right. Did? Okay. And I was like, okay, cool. She's going to leave him and he's going to get with Wendy. I right. was ready for that to happen. And you're right. Like, they set him up so well. And he had this great character arc. And he did so much for her. And then at the end, someone else comes in and takes the glory. I was like, uh-uh. Get out of here, Char- Charmin. <laughs> yeah, like, was there a lot Charmin who's played by uh, the actor who plays Tommy Jarvis in Friday the 13th? Mm-hmm. I was very excited oh. when I saw him. I was like, there part he six. is. Yeah, and part He's six. also in Return of the Living Dead. He's in Return of the Living Dead. Like, mm-hmm. I was excited to see that. That was the, beyond the fact that plot-wise, it made no sense to introduce a second love interest. Although now I feel extra nope. confused that Gus maybe is trying to get with a married woman? Wait, what? That's so... No, no, no. no, him... no. Oh, okay, Jesus. I'm getting so... <laughs> this movie's so confusing. I guess, like, him and, and his girlfriend, long white hair waitress right. lady, um, were engaged to be married, and, like, Gus just didn't show up. Oh, he left her at the altar. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that makes sense. And also, so... So that also, though, speak... Like, we... we You two recognize, too, that multiple people are playing multiple parts in this, right? Yeah. Oh. Like the no, woman <laughs> playing her, that uh, Gus's girlfriend, is also the waitress from the beginning who's got the, the chain on. Right. And that actress, I can't remember her name. I have it written down, but she's also in another movie we referenced recently as Fade to Black because she was known for doing a Marilyn Monroe impression. Mm-hmm. And she plays essentially a Marilyn Monroe uh, uh, lookalike in that movie. Um, but yeah, but the same as like, the guy who was like the good government guy who looked like he was a member of the damned or Bauhaus, like was also <laughs> the mailman <laughs> at yeah. the beginning for no particular yeah. reason. There's multiple times they do that, but it's not like they set up something where it's like in the outer world, they're all the same personalities. <laughs> like, unless then I was also now confused because I was like, wait, is that? Charmin at or the like end? Or like a Wizard of Oz thing. Right, because they act like there's a Wizard of Oz thing sometimes, but I don't think there is. Like, because they do that thing at the end, but like, I was dreaming and you were there, but it's like, no, the mailman and then right. one waitress. <laughs> like, it's not consistent enough. Uh, and I think It that- could be one of those things where like you know how when you're doing theater in high school and they want everyone to feel good so they like double cast <laughs> uh i thought that that's probably the only thing that came to mind Look, jimmy's having a really rough year his parents are getting divorced we're gonna just let him be the mailman and the guy from Bauhaus. just let yeah. it happen okay but we're paying him for one role Paying him for one role that's how he's, he's we're going by line like, come on, let's this not go crazy. Here. They're fine with it. Yeah, um, they're fine. But yeah, it's, I think that get like that kind of just speaks to just like throughout, it feels like it's like, again, like it's not a comedy completely. And it's not completely a genre film, but it is sometimes. And also, like, so like the aesthetics are really interesting. Like, yeah. Like when they finally get to Atlantis, like it's, 
an odd mix of like 1984 in Brazil. Like it's and 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 also honestly, there were parts where I was like, people give grief to David Lynch for his Dune, but I was like, this is making wilder choices. Uh, combined with oh yeah, I am shocked that At times Thunderdome definitely like Thunderdome. Mm. Like that's the thing. Like I'm shocked that the, the director is not Australian because like it it screams to me when they get to Atlantis that it's an exploitation film. Like it, you know, with like the uh, or, yes. like it's like even the fact that like it starts to do those kind of Australian extreme close-ups that show up in a lot of like uh, George Miller stuff, but definitely like the kind of lower rent exploitation uh, films. Like there's an aesthetic to it. Like the makeup Hardware. looks like it. Yeah, it feels mm. a lot like Richard Stanley too. Like uh, that's like it does feel like hardware. Like and so that it, it like I am just shocked that it's just an American director who was known for mixing in mixed martial arts because there were parts in there that was like oh I really like this section like I really like that newscaster on the three screens like I think that looked good like it's an interesting choice. Uh, Gus also had a very mild Australian accent. At some point in the movie. When they, no, at the beginning, when they first get there. Yeah, 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 that's right. I was like, this is Mad Max. This is beyond Thunderdome. It's heavy. It is heavy. And like, and they're like. That guy's not even Australian. So they (laughs) made a choice to make it look like an Australian film, act like an Australian film, and give the guy a crazy Australian accent and put him in a scenario that looks exactly like every scene in the Mad Max films when they're looking for gasoline. Because that I thought at first that was going to be part of the plot that in Atlantis somehow there's gas and they've got those weird human gas stations that they use oh, yeah. briefly. Again, a cool aesthetic choice, but I to not really any particular end because it is what Kathy Ireland says. Where at one point when she's just like, "What is this place? Everyone's just got weird makeup and weird clothes on," <laughs> like and. I think also, like, speaking, I forgot this with the big bones thing. Is the big bones thing supposed to be connected to worms and trolls? Maybe. Because they mm. talk about worms and trolls a lot. Like, that's a worm mobile. Like, that's a, like, at the beginning, when they get to the first Mad Max scene, he's like, no, 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 that's a blah, blah, blah troll. Like, and that's like a language, but they just kind of accept, like, expect us to keep up with it, you know? I think, well, troll, doesn't troll to them mean just like foreigner? Well, I think it's supposed to be a, um, like, like a stranger. Uh, yeah, as like a class thing. Yeah. Oh, is it maybe a class thing? Like, be, it's just, it, what is, Oh, maybe that's what's going on. Maybe that troll mule is supposed to be like a slave or something. Because he goes, what does it look like? It's a troll mule. But like right at the beginning, there's like some dead body that looks odd. But then they keep mentioning trolls. But the worms, but they eat worms too. Oh. (laughs) Like that disgusting scene. And that's one of the ones that stuck with me from a kid. I forgot about that weird worm sandwich that squeals when they take a bite of us. Squee! Um, Oh. I'm just I I now after seeing Beetlejuice, I'm like totally fine with that kind of stuff. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Give me a worm Definitely. sandwich, I'm fine. <laughs> I just think like I'm wondering if there are and it maybe goes along with sometimes that we notice in a lot of canon films, like maybe it's just there are missing scenes or 
like world building things. I think that's the thing for me. That's like, there were things missing. Like, why are they calling her big bones? Like beyond that, Mm -hmm. they were going to cast someone else. And then we're like, we got to get Kathy Ireland in here. But there seems to be this worm and troll thing. They keep referring to over and over again. I was like, well, yeah, worms don't have bones. Is this related to it? Like trolls are shorter boned. Is this big bones? Uh, I mean, I also am not against the idea of just when you said that, I was just like, is she big bone? Because it's just, she's got boobs. Like, I was like, is yeah. that what they're saying? Maybe. I don't it's, know. It's interesting. I also thought, like, you know, this is like another world, right? And all we see that's different is they've got, like, funky hair choices and makeup, right? But, like, to them... Like, seeing us, like, we think we're super normal, but they must see something completely different. Like, and I don't, I don't, I never really realized that until I personally went to another country, like, how foreign I look to them. Right. Like, I'm, so, I, 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 like, me just going to Egypt, I'm like, okay, great, like, I'm one of you, like, we're (laughs) of each other, and they're like, oh, no, you are American as hell, you stick out like a sore thumb, (laughs) and I'm like, really? Um, but, but it's just that kind of thing of, like, oh, she probably really sticks out like a sore thumb in this other world in a way that we don't understand because we're not the same. Maybe I'm just really reading into it too much. <laughs> I think you are. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I think, like, yeah. logically, that makes total sense to me. And I do, honestly, I do think that's what they were probably going for. Like, it's a stranger in a strange world concept. Like, it's, you know, yeah. it's a kind of... The, and, and Yeah. But... Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Exactly. Yeah. But that's the thing is like, it's like maybe because we don't know the budget. So we know that they put some money in, but aren't sure how they put it in. Like, uh, were, did they have bigger ideas? Did they have bigger ideas of how to make these differences clear? Because like when, to me, when a Wikipedia entry even gets kind of snarky, you know, there's an <laughs> issue there because no one's bothered to correct it. And even in the Wikipedia entry, they point out, and at this point, for some reason, everyone starts pointing out she has big bones, even though she looks exactly like the rest of them, <laughs> which like I was like, yeah, it's not me. Like, because then once they did, once they glom onto that big bones thing, it's just like big bones, big bones, big bones nonstop. And then there is just a lot of aesthetic choices, which are both cool. But like when they get to Deep Roy and him and his criminal element then it becomes like the warriors or something. Like there's all these oh, different yeah. setups. By the way, yeah. sorry to interrupt. The moment I saw him, I was like, oh, he was like Charlie in the Chocolate Factory. He Same. played the Oompa <laughs> Same. Which here's the crazy He's... part. Like when I would watch Charlie in the Chocolate Factory, I would have an unsettled feeling whenever he would be on. But I legitimately think the reason I was unsettled is because of those eyelashes from <laughs> Alien from LA because I as soon as I saw him I was like oh my god this was my nightmares like I would have nightmares about those eyelashes he's just menacing he's totally menacing and people yeah. talking through giant like magnifying glasses uh which again another aesthetic choice that was com- kind of unclear is the idea that he's smaller so he's trying to make himself look bigger or something I'm trying to put way too much thought in this movie sometimes <laughs> I just don't know. It was so confusing to me sometimes. I just don't know. <laughs> I, But I ultimately was scared by him. I don't know. I do like this theory. I do like this idea of we can't see 
it's but we this is comes up a lot is sometimes we'll be like if they had just said one sentence that said exactly what you said i think i would have been on board you know what i mean if at one point they would have been like you don't see that you look different to us and they'd be like okay i guess now you've nailed me over the head with it good could also be that thing of like uh you know how sometimes like you'll have like a really big actor and then they'll nickname him like little guy or whatever (laughs) (laughs) and then at the same time you have this like supermodel bikini beauty lady and you're calling her big bones maybe it's like that and then you know just as well like you have um deeper on and he's like this like macho boss guy right Uh, so maybe it's that same joke we're we're still trying to figure it out. I would love in that theory that all of Atlantis has agreed upon sarcasm. Like as a as a whole, some of their development has been, yeah, we're like an industrial nation. We don't have uh, a sky. Gas is a commodity. Uh, and uh, we all agree that we should call people the opposite of what they are. Yeah, just like I would backwards that. humor. That would be very fun to me. I just, I mean, yeah, I think like that's, it, it I, that ends up being my problem in some of these movies where I'm like, Jeff, chill out, is like maybe working too hard to try to get <laughs> what they are missing in it. But I want to, because I know it's got to be there. Like, it's just like, it's like, it doesn't take that long for us to come up with it. (laughs) Like, it took us like three minutes to be like, I don't know, what if it's this? And every every answer we have given so far, I'm like, I like that. I like that. That one's better. (laughs) Do that. Do that. Versus just like, uh, it, it feels like... You know what sometimes feels like this movie is like when now that Halloween's coming around that like you've got a house that decorates and they've really got a theme. And then there's the house that's just like, I don't know, like we bought a lot of stuff. <laughs> like, yeah, like here's an alien. Exactly what and mean. then over here, there's a skeleton that's popping out of the ground. And for some reason, Stewie from Family Guy is coming out of our <laughs> <Yeah>. bush <laughs> and it all works. And you're like, what's the scene? It's like, I don't know. It's Halloween. And so, like, I think to some extent that starts to happen where I'm like, all right, this is a fairy tale. And then this I is think not that that feeling absolutely hit me when you get into like the boxing ring <laughs> or what was it like an MMA? Like, I don't know. I was like, all right, this movie's got a little bit of everything and I'm here right. for it. <laughs> I, I, that's, I, yeah. that was where Thunderdome happened too, right, Frank? Like, cause it was just like, yep. But also, that scene was both, it has everything. And I was like, wait a second. Did they start to run out of money a little bit, even more so? Because their makeup got worse for some of those people. Like, it really, oh, yeah. It looked like if, like, a young kid's like, I'm going to put makeup on. Like, and they were just like, just put, put some, I just, Put a line on his face. He's running it. Whatever. Just throw him in there. <laughs> they spent all their money on the gas station droid. They, that <laughs> that cool-ass gas station droid that we didn't really need to see. And at least my iPad was a little Which dark. Which is a person, but... Maybe. Yeah. And they don't really explain why it has to maybe be a person holding the gas nozzle with its I hand. wish more of the movie centered around that gas station droid. 
I want a spinoff. I want this. That's a spinoff yeah, movie. <laughs> the Alien from LA Cinematic Universe. Uh, and we've got an entire movie based off gas station droid. Um, while we're on the makeup topic, I do remember, because you were saying that like it started to get bad. Uh, there was a Mystery Science Theater joke where they're like, oh, you could see the clown white makeup rub off on his pants. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> yeah. But that is such a thing of like movies that were made, I think, pre like before maybe the millennium was like makeup sealer was not a thing. Right. Um, right. So especially like, do you guys remember that Bill Bixby um, Hulk? Incredible Hulk. Yeah. The Incredible Hulk. Yep. There are so many episodes I would watch with my mom. That's the first. um, So my mom's family in Egypt got a colored television so that they could watch that show um i have never had more respect for your family than right now that is that is a reason to do that (laughs) thank you nice to meet you thank you Uh, (laughs) up until now i've had a lot of different types of respects we've just met go on (laughs) um so uh, i was watching a few episodes with my mom probably like a year ago or something and there oh my gosh there are so many moments where uh hulk hogan's makeup just rubs off on the person he's carrying and like when he sets down the pretty lady you see green all over her clothes um so maybe yeah that that kind of thing i i definitely caught in in our movie lou ferrigno have to correct just because out of respect oh my gosh hulk hogan hulk the hulk can we do a remake of that tv show though with hulk hogan oh my gosh i knew i but it really is just i knew i I mean that's grease paint like that is like the cheapest grease paint they just slathered all over him you know what i mean like no wonder it did like and i imagine the same for this like they're they don't have the budget we don't know the budget but they clearly don't have the budget and it does smear non-stop in this movie like it's just like funky makeup that it looks like going back to high school play like when they get to deep roy like it looks like they were like you three are gonna play the toughs yeah Put this weird kind of clown makeup on, but you're also like prohibition Chicago toughs, like sort of yeah. thing. So, it, Frank, what, oh no, yeah. it's I. I was no, this is it's past. <laughs> oh, I missed that. We took it away from you. You don't need it no more. But no, 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 no. It's no, it wasn't that important. It was just about how the reason why the movie is so scattershot is so that they're setting up for the different cinematic universes. Yeah. Uh, to mm. to branch off of that's it. Maybe that's no, it. but maybe that is we'll what that. it is, man. Maybe all these cinematic universes that failed, they should have looked to what Alien from LA did. You know, Dark Universe didn't take off, and I was waiting for it. I was very excited for that Universal Monsters universe, <laughs> the one I am so weirdly <laughs> obsessed with, uh, that failed immediately. Uh, but yeah, no, I think like it, it, it it's just such an throughout. I, I, it, it's just an odd movie. It's just like, I, like I would be like, I'm into it. I'm into it. I like these aesthetics. What is this? Like, what is this? What do they think it should be? Well, I was really happy that. So initially, when I saw just like the title, I was expecting, okay, so we're taking a person and we're putting her in a place where there's a ton of aliens. And she's like the alien to them. Mm-hmm. So I thought that I would be seeing like, you know, gooey aliens, <laughs> right? Sure. And then 
to my surprise, like like I mentioned earlier, the the most alieny that you get are their like grooming. Is their grooming right? So like, I loved that. I that's like what a way to work with a budget, right? Is just right. give like funky hair and makeup. Yeah, choices. I they they worked with what they got, and I I you gotta Love appreciate it. that. I mean, I, as, it. as it is hard to f- make anything, and we always like to admit it when we're doing canon films. All of our shitting on them sometimes. <laughs> just like, but also you have made so many of these and so many that are great, even when they're ridiculous. Uh, and and yeah, like I think like that's why I think I appreciated the crazy aesthetic choices. Like I just appreciate that. It's like, well, they don't clearly have a lot going on budget wise, but they are going for it. They're going for something. Yeah. To the yeah. point where I wasn't sure. I think I've been rewatching too many like Verhoeven films lately where I was just like, is this supposed to be satire? Like a political satire? Like, because like I didn't understand the politics of Atlantis and there was something about the government it's... control and how the news is kind of controlled, but not really. Like they kind of didn't really go into it. It's it's one of those things that annoys me about dystopian movies that it feels kind of lazy where it's just like, they, 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 um, it's almost like how you would do in a comedy sketch where it's like, we think for you and we know what's right for you, where they're outwardly mm. are saying the thing. Right. Yeah. And you're like, it wouldn't, it would be more subtle if it were a true, you know, as we know, we're kind of living through some of that now. But, what are you, about? you know, of like, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I forgot it's perfect for you. Yeah, yeah, um, I love it. <laughs> beautiful app. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean? Like, it's so direct and so, yeah. like, authoritarian, like... Yeah. And it feels so lazy and so broad. Yeah. And it kind of feels like, okay, you it could be a little bit more subtle. We get it. You know, they're a, a oppressed uh, nation, and there's a, a class hierarchy there who were aliens because that, that building was a ship. Because her archaeologist father, who she does find, which honestly, when she found him, I was shocked because I was just like, oh, I thought this was going to be like, there's no proof he should be there. Yeah, I was 100% sure she was not going to find him. We're so late in the movie when we found him. I was I gave up on that. And also the building that we're talking about. Y'all realize that is totally like a who album. Yes, it is. The- <laughs> it is Quadrophenia. <laughs> was, yes. was it yeah. Tommy? It's the, oh, yes, Tom. Yes, it is. It 100% is. And it was. I, I was the same where I forgot the reason we were watching this at times was because she's trying to find her father, except for when she would go, Daddy. Dad? <laughs> Dad? <laughs> oh, I can't. But then, yeah, he like threw in. They just happened to be walking by, and he's just like, Ah, get a load of that. What? It's just a big old building. Nope, it's a spaceship. Thousands of years ago. <laughs> All right. Moving yeah. on. It's like, okay, sure. And I What was up with the weird president in the chair? Who Okay, so looks like Karg or Krang from Masters of the Universe we just talked about, but just spinning in a chair the whole time. Th- that was one of those aesthetic choices. Yeah, that I was, just was that like, chair broken because people were working on it? I think he's just like a shark. He needs to always be in motion. Like, it's just it's some uh, biology thing we don't understand. I think that's the problem is, like, it, it when it has issues like that, it's it plays into what you were saying where it's like they... 
they almost are so on the nose sometimes, like with the satire and with some of the aesthetic choices that it gets then unclear what the hell they're actually trying to say. Because I'm just like, mm-hmm. okay, so yeah, the news yep. manipulates things for some reason and to some end. Maybe because of aliens? But we don't know, because information is just kind of thrown away. I didn't realize that the Bauhaus guy was good for a long time, like until the end. And then I was like, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay, I guess Bauhaus is is nice. And the other lady <laughs> yeah. is just alien obsessed for some reason. Uh, I, I truly so thoroughly loved the androgyny of that character, though. Not yes. the Bauhaus guy, the other one. Because mm-hmm. they yeah. so at some point, like someone called her a witch and then later the same person was like yes sir and then so i i don't know I, like however they were kind of like identifying with that person i i just liked the androgyny there and also like very very cool outfit very cool outfit and the Bauhaus guy yes it's very bowie yeah 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 yes it was it was like bowie meets klaus nomi meets Bauhaus. yeah uh it yeah. was a delicious mix of 1970 late 70s early 80s new york and england Uh, what a dream role for that film yeah well also because that lady or was also the the informant another dual casting like which i was like why i like that i like the idea that they played multiple people but that mm. she was also playing the info, and then I couldn't do research because that on Wikipedia they didn't have anything, no credits, no nothing. Like I didn't really know the the people who played multiple parts seemed to have never done anything ever again, and so mm. I was like, were they friends with the director? I mean, I love the theory that you had of that it was just like a high school play, and that they were just like, you know, <laughs> we just got to divvy up these lines somehow, but. Uh, but it's that's again where it's like it plays against there's so many things in there that kind of play against each other because it's not really Wizard of Oz because why would there be two different roles in the same world? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not like one was above ground, one was below ground. It's just like, no, and you're also yeah. going to be two below ground just because I don't know. It would be fun if anyone picks up on it as an Easter egg. When we get into the Alien from L.A. cinematic universe and people are trying to piece through all this stuff. <laughs> um, but I did. I don't think I don't think we were supposed to notice. I don't think we were until yeah. I noticed, though. That was the problem. It's like <laughs> I, it was just like it was the original waitress, the waitress who was friends with her. Yeah. Like yeah. I was like, she looks younger than Kathy Ireland sometimes. Is that a wig? I never noticed it was a wig as a kid. And then all of a sudden I was like, her face looks vaguely familiar. And then when I saw that, I was like, oh, I just saw her in a movie and it all kind of came together. But like, even if we weren't supposed to notice, like I'll posit the question, why? Yeah. (laughs) Like that, that actor also looked uncomfortable doing that part because she's trying to do a Southern accent. That's not quite committed. (laughs) And it reminds me of when I would teach character classes at UCB and you'd have that one person who has a big character in mind, but they're not committing to it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And it kind of just like, it's kind of half there. And you're like, no, no, go for it. Like, who cares? Like, just get into it. Like, really become this character. And then there's kind of like, hey, sugar. And it's kind of like kind of deadpan and not quite there. It's like you're almost waiting for that actress to look at camera and go, I don't know. 
I don't know. Like and just exactly. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what. I don't yeah. know. Wait, uh, that's all. It, it's southern. Like in hands and pockets, walk <laughs> off the stage. Uh, <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah. It, Definitely like guilty of just wanting to write a character because I know how to do that accent. But <laughs> if you're no, barely there, we've all yeah. been there. But if you're like halfway there, you're like, I want to do one word in this accent because this word yeah. sounds funny. <laughs> no, yeah, it doesn't work. Doesn't but hey, work. but that's. But that's even more committed. Yeah, you yeah. Have, you're, you're committed to save that word versus <gasps> committed to a kind. I mean, again, she's the third host of this podcast, but my wife watching these while she's not watching, she was reading a book. And then all of a sudden she's like, did that woman just give up on her Southern accent? <laughs> I was just like, she did. She did. Just let me watch this. <laughs> like, <laughs> we have to move on. <laughs> Like, she's what, your mystery science theater. She written my my wife truly is like she's my crow, just like <laughs> charming it, like something amazing, like every once in a while, and then eventually that's me with up. my neighbor. Yeah, he he's got to rewatch anything I watch with because <laughs> <laughs> you're just talking over the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. He's given up telling me to be quiet. Sure, he just lets me go. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I just gotta let you go, and then hopefully you'll run out of steam. <laughs> but wrong no. you won't yes especially <laughs> when it's something like alien from la and they just keep yeah. giving you steam <laughs> you're just like yeah. much like that machine <laughs> that gives you steam to make you into a beautiful human being um, well so he does visual effects for film uh -huh. like like that's his bread and butter he's got like 20 years of experience doing it he does it for real so he was like Oh, do you want to hear my my visual effects uh, stuff? I gotta say about this. I was like, no, I don't. <laughs> but oh. but like he man, what you know that scene where she's like falling into the hole, and you see the outline yeah, along yeah. her body. He he goes, oh, and he like paused it. He's like, oh, I just need a second. And I was like, why are you so mad? This is in 1988. He's like, you're acting like they don't have good visual effects in 1988. They did. I was, he's like, this is a canon movie. Exactly. I was like, I don't know what that means. Let's keep watching. Canon. That, no, her falling down the pit looked exactly, Frank, like uh, Skeletor falling down the pit. And Master of the Universe, where they just yeah. like do like a cutout and we're just like, like, throw it. Return to Oz. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of another movie that creeped me out as yeah. a kid, geez, like between Alien from L.A. and oh, Return yeah, to too. Oz, the amount of psychic scarring I have. Like, again, this is what my next therapy session is going to be like is the wheelers and Return to Oz and Deep Roy's <laughs> eyelashes <laughs> while they're eating that screaming worm sandwich. <laughs> this thing. Did you notice, Jeff, and maybe Sandra, uh, I'm not sure, I can't remember if we talked about this or not, if you're a Nine Inch Nails fan or not, uh, but when they're leaving in the rocket to go back to Earth, it's making a sound like these pew, pew sounds that sounds like the beginning of Reptile. Oh, I... I would not be surprised if we were like sample pulled from Alien from LA. Like it sounded very familiar. Yeah, yeah. Where yeah. I, this will be the deep dive that I go on, because uh, uh, it, it's 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 like when we were talking to Berdan. Like, there's nothing more exciting when you're a fan growing up of like industrial music to be like, oh, that's where that came from. Like that yeah. thing I was so used to. 
Like even when it's a yeah. song, there was the other day I was like listening to Ministry, not to get too on a sidetrack, but I was like, God damn. I was like, Ministry really loved that one Smith song. Like there's like three different Ministry songs where they use the from How Soon Is Now. Like, And I was like, man, they yeah. really just kept looping that. They must have had in the sampler that one drug session they were recording these things. But like they probably didn't have the rights for that and used it anyway. But also like, what kind of licensing agreement do you have to have to use the Who <laughs> uh, album cover as your building? I or don't... Do, which came first, right? The chicken or the egg? Which came first? Was that an actual building <laughs> that the Who just took a picture of? Yeah. I mean, that being said, up. somebody still probably has a, a case. <laughs> oh, they were in Atlantis? Is that where you guys said? They went okay. to Atlantis. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, no, this is a documentary. Did we not know this this whole time? This is a documentary. This is a real thing that happens. We can go oh, to Atlantis. Right. <laughs> uh, it'll look, look like Mad Max meets 1984 meets a Nine Inch Nails video <laughs> um, and with a lot less of a budget. Uh, yeah, it's, it, 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 it's, it's a wild ride. The whole thing. <laughs> and just the fact that, as we said early on, that when it all ends, it really just kind of ends. That's my other part of it, too, is like when the movie wraps up, it's just kind of like Gus has some other professor. Here's this other professor. I briefly was like, wait, is that her dad? And then her dad shows up and then they work together. And then the professor's like, yeah, I made this rocket goes up to the earth. But also (laughs) question, does that rocket go to California, not North Africa slash Egypt? Because... They end up back in California because she thinks she's having a dream and they're trying to do the Wizard of Oz with that waitress, but she didn't leave. from. So also in my mind, not getting too crazy, but that would posit the theory that Atlantis and maybe because it's the center of the earth, actually, this might work out now that I'm thinking about it. Land would not be as far apart as it would be on the on the top world. Because it would be the center of the earth, so the it would be closer together. So maybe if you did walk from main drag Atlantis to the new professor's rocket launcher, that would be now California? <laughs> I don't know. Or this is me trying to help per- them out. Perhaps they went from Atlantis back into Africa... And they gave her that same morphine drip that she had on the way (laughs) to Africa. And she blacked out because she had maybe too much. And then she just appeared in Malibu. So in your positive theory, which I like, I think it's a very good one. She has now been drugged. Not once, not twice, but thrice. She has at the very, we've got a rule of threes of we're going to give her a deep morphine trip that makes her nod (laughs) off like a junkie out of nowhere and end up in Malibu so she can go, daddy. (laughs) That would also explain the voice. It would. Oh my God. So, okay. So she is an addict suffering from abandonment issues who has reverted to a childhood uh, version of herself that is also addicted to heroin. (laughs) There you go. You're welcome. I mean, (laughs) we found out her favorite book as a kid was Journey to the Center of the Earth. Boom. I can sleep tonight. I can sleep tonight because I know that she's a deeply damaged individual. (laughs) Um, Let me give you some extra piece because I just looked it up. Um, For anyone who's itching for this information, just as I have, Uh uh, the Who album (laughs) 
<laughs> was uh, <laughs> commissioned by them. Like it's an original piece commissioned by them. So okay. it's not an actual building. Oh, all right. So um, Peter Townsend should get his uh, lawyers on uh, Canon Films. Yeah. <laughs> apparently or mgm sorry to make it happen yeah because we also didn't mention early on frank just because we always talk about it like this is a strong mgm one like like that canon logo mm. was there but not even with the canon music like i like wish i was almost waiting for a canon logo to not even be there and to just get a classic the canon group buried in there uh mm. i mean i wonder if this yeah. was we don't know the numbers because this was part of the falling out with MGM, you know, like I—I I mean, mm. this would be yeah. this would be glommed in with Masters and all that, right? Like uh, maybe this was also the beginning of the bankruptcy yes. of Canon. Wow, uh, we need to go back yep. to Boogaloo, and we might need to talk to Austin. Like we might need to jump ahead to our friend friend of the pod, Austin Trunick. Uh, I, we're going to be waiting for Canon Film Guide Volume 2 that sh- maybe 3 would carry this, but I we might need to check in if he's got any alien from LA info because I want to know if this is part of the bankruptcy of our beloved Canon Films because I could totally see it. I could totally see it. Like bank- like being like Kathy Griffin's it. Like Kathy Griffin. Kathy Griffin stars in it. Kathy Ireland stars in this. Kathy Griffin? Yeah, can you believe Kathy Griffin was in it? Did you not see her? She was great. Uh, that Kathy Ireland stars in it, so they were banking. See, this was going to be see, huge. See, Sandra, this is why, Sandra, this is why you shouldn't feel bad about saying the wrong name because we constantly oh, God. say <laughs> the wrong names on but, this podcast. But see, I work for Marvel. Like, I shouldn't make a, a Marvel mess up. <laughs> no, 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 no. Hey, listen, and this is... No, no, no. And this is, no. like, we... It, no, this this podcast is all about doing the research and then getting it all wrong. Like, that is exactly okay. what all me wrong. and Frank do. Yep. I even had... We had a, a friend of the pod reach out and point out to me from our last podcast, or second to last one, that the entire time I kept saying that I was 11 years old when Masters of the Universe came out, and he's like, you were nine. <laughs> and I was like, I actually had that written down, <laughs> changed what I had written down to get it wrong so people could be angry doing math. <laughs> like, yeah, so d- do not worry. I pro- Now I'm like, I probably said Kathy Griffin 20 times during this somehow. Um, so yeah, I, and then we get to the end and she gets back and she's uh, Kathy Ireland. She's in a bikini. She's got a bitchin' bod, and uh, <laughs> her boyfriend is all pissed off that he can't get with that oh, man. beautiful he, hair. Like, <laughs> he forsakes that other new girl. He straight up wow. leaves her. In front of her. Hit on, yeah. In front of her, and she's just standing there watching. What are with all of these passive women just standing there watching their lives fall apart wow. and their boyfriends like do whatever they want? And she's like, and he, she's like, but I'm still the same girl with the same voice and the same hair. And he's like, oh, that's fine. You went to Africa. Boom. <laughs> you were Africa. Now I know you do life. You got bod. <laughs> I have a question. Yes. That guy looked familiar, the boyfriend. Is he the same guy from that one movie, the meme, there was like garbage day and he like shoots? He is not from Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2. Uh, it is okay. No, I, I, it does look like that, but it's because they also picked like the most generic jerk '80s California guy, white, white guy. guy. Yeah, he just yeah. looks like he's like when they were casting white jerk, and, and there were twenty <laughs> other guys who looked exactly like him. 
Uh, you know, and then the other guys were like, guess I'm going to get that ski school callback. Uh, you know, and they were all pissed that they didn't get Alien from L.A. Um, I wonder how many of his ex-girlfriends watched that movie and were like, yeah, that's how he was with me, too. <laughs> he only dates in real life women who sound like and he's been a jerk the whole time to him. That would be so great. That I think I'm just a fan of that voice now. I want to I want to voice match her so bad. Um, quickly going back to whether or not we were deciding on uh, whether this is an actualized comedy or not. <laughs> yeah. Um, there is that moment. I oh my gosh! And this is I think this is where I was like, oh, this is a comedy. She made a joke um, when she falls into the hole and she goes, "I'm not in Kansas anymore." And I'm like, "Girl, you're from you're from L.A. The movie <laughs> right. says you're from Mal- you're from L.A. Right. What are you talking about?" But it was a joke. Yeah. She made a joke. She can make jokes <laughs> even through her pain, even through her trauma of her dead mother. Watching her mother's skull get crushed in front of her in a car accident, possibly. (laughs) Like, if I'm getting, as I kept reminding myself, every once in a while, like, while we're watching it, while she's making jokes, like Wizard of Oz jokes, I was just like, yeah, she's here looking for her father who abandoned her and only kept creepy photos of her sexily made up. And her dead mother that they hardly reference ever again. <laughs> this poor Do you woman. remember when when she comes up to him and she's like staring at him and you're like, okay, now's now's your time to say it. Dad, come on, <laughs> say it. And she goes, daddy. And I'm like, ah, oh, she added a Y. Uh, but then he goes, hey, Wendy. Yeah. <laughs> like, what do you mean, hey, Wendy? Give her a hug. Something. Like, it's been five years. Right. I that uh, Yeah. When she... <laughs> Meets up with her father. Uh, just kind of a, like it, it, he's a jerk. Like he's it's unclear what he still was doing completely. Like, yeah, like he did abandon him. And what was he doing in those all that time? Like, what was he professoring out there? Right. What was he? What do they need him for? Because, again, I thought he was the other professor anyways for a long chunk of it. I was just like, oh, this wild haired guy who does professoring in his red room. Because remember, it's a different world. Uh, Yeah, I don't know what he was doing. And then he didn't seem to know that other professor. It it just it, it really felt like they were also kind of rushing to the end. Like they had done so many like set pieces like, you know, and, and again, to the point where you had pointed out before, where like I forgot she was looking for her father until she would say daddy. Cause I was just like, here's just another set piece. That's going to have something interesting going on. But now we're like you, Frank, you point out, it's like, now we're doing Thunderdome wrestling and now we're going to go clothes shopping. Yeah. You mentioned it before, but when she buys that turban outfit that I think was to give her a disguise, but made her more like, of course we're going to notice you because you've got an exposed midriff and your boobs hanging out. And then she immediately disguised herself by just turning and hiding her back to the wall. <laughs> but it worked. It worked. And it worked for that <laughs> drunk guy. Wait. That, and she's so conspicuous. And then two seconds later, uh, the extra from Chicago, the play shows up to bring her back to Deep Roy. <laughs> And I was just like, what? Why did you bother? It was just an excuse to get Kathy Ireland into a more exposed outfit, I think. Like, that, and that bums me out when that happens. Low cut khaki. 
Yeah, the I need what everyone wears here. I need a low cut khaki, and I need it to be really high on my my big boned breasts. <laughs> also, how did she pay for it? Because he gives two options. He says credits or the shiny things or whatever weird thing they use to denote money, and she has one shiny of them, the ones. shiny ones. Yes, oh. and she has one of them, tall ones and shiny yeah. ones. Maybe he just gave her credit. Good faith. That's a good store. If you're ever going to go to Atlantis and you need a disguise, make sure you go to that guy. He's going to hook you up. Don't worry about it. Just say you're going to give him credit. Because then she makes the joke that it costs more than, what was it that she said? Um, She's like, that costs more than, what was it? It was supposed to be a joke. (laughs) You mean most lines in this movie? Right. <laughs> Again, how we're describing it. What was that line I'm forgetting? Supposed to be a joke. Nope. Okay. Forgot that one. Uh, yeah, I think it's just like throughout kind of Big Bone for a troll. Forgot about that. You know what it was? The Big Bone thing, why it bummed me out too, beyond, was that it felt like, and it's partly because I've been rewatching them lately, it felt like the addition of the concept of chicken into the Back to the Future series. Where, like, Mm. it's not a thing that Marty gets angry when someone says chicken. In one. And then in two, it becomes a main plot device. And it was an alien from L.A. where all of a sudden, it was like 40 minutes in where I was like, oh, this big bone thing's gonna be a thing? Like, this is gonna be a main crux of how this world works? Uh, And and every time, now that I've rewatched Back to the Future 2, I was like, the chicken thing is annoying. That doesn't happen. It's not how this mythology works. And yeah, one thing is, though, also, like, very on brand for this, she doesn't react. Yeah. She's not ever like, that's weird. I'm not big boned. Or like, oh, am I big boned? Like, she doesn't react. Oh, right. She's like, okay, that's who I am now. Is that a thing I'm supposed to notice, Daddy? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it's just, she's clueless as well. Uh, I mean, I, I think we're at the point where we should probably kind of start wrapping this up. Um, uh, I get, do we have any kind of like final thoughts, things we missed, things we didn't get to from this, uh, Sandra? Uh, the person who drugged Wendy <laughs> freaked me out. Uh, freaked me out seemed like uh also like a person who should have been like in a waiting room at in in um in beetlejuice yeah like you know those like those creatures in the waiting room freaked me out more than like anything in the entire movie yeah. uh that was that was like a character straight out of that waiting room it's creepy very creepy. i loved her and i hated her I, like I, I wanted to see more of her yeah. in the movie and i like understood like She's like, okay, great. There's like a big reward for this big boned person. And also like Kathy towered over her. So in that instance, like I understood like, okay, well, she's bigger. Yeah. Um, but then she she got her. She got her and she sent her to the to the like fighting ring or, or wherever they went. Cinematic universe. We'll get us we'll get a side movie with just that that creepy person <laughs> drugging people left and right. Yeah. Frank, did you have any other last thoughts? Yeah, that that point where the love interest comes in an hour into the movie, fucking hour. Um, he he says, uh, big. He said, "Big bone dolls in trouble." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, that's the name of my favorite swing revival band." <laughs> <laughs> oh, they played the fifth the fifth stage at Warp Tour. 
in 2010. <laughs> um, no one was psyched to see them come back. <laughs> when she's in the cage, she's singing, but it sounds like Gizmo singing in his cage uh, in Gremlin, Gremlins. Yeah, it was so, so Gizmo. It was so crazy. Apparently, the director said the reason why they were walking like that, that Chris Farley shuffle, right. is because the pressure in the mid, like down that low is greater. So they did oh. think through this stuff. Like, they, there's some, oh, unless that's some weird retroactive, like, revisionist history of it, but like, that's why me going crazy about maybe they did get to Africa and Malibu because the distance is shorter. Like, there are rules down there. I guess that makes sense. Huh. Yeah. I don't buy it. That's so weird. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's an interview with the director on the Mystery Science Theater 3000 uh, release. Uh-huh. But I, I enjoyed this movie because it's the kind of, like, pop trash 80s fun that... <laughs> yeah you can kind of get stoned and like have fun with. Right. And um, it also, I I admire the fact that the director p- took big swings. They didn't always work, but I enjoyed all the big choices that he yes. made. I bet. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they did. They did. It, it, once we got to Atlantis, it was interesting. Like, and, and it didn't need to be that weird. Um, yeah. I, I think it's fun. Uh, I mean, the last thing I'll say, I just love that essentially the end was that dude that Sandra, you, you love, hate her ex-boyfriend just <laughs> basically just going, whoa, she looks good in a bikini. Like, that's basically how it wraps up. Like, that's all it is. And she can get on a plane. Like, oh. just shocked that these are the two changes in her. <laughs> I have one more fact. So... The background music that plays when Wanda and Gus first meet is an almost note-for-note recreation of Yoda's theme. Whoa. They're doing Licensing everything. Licensing issues. Yeah. They, 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 they better... Uh, yeah. They better just hope that people don't lawyer up. That's all. We're realizing like they got a lot of lawsuits on their <laughs> hands. Maybe we shouldn't reissue. Don't listen to this. But I know. <laughs> yeah. We don't want to get you guys in trouble. Yeah. But. Uh... Alien from LA. We love you. <laughs> All right. This one isn't supposed to get the lawyers after you. But if it does, <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, we're just noticing a couple of things that you ripped off. Um, so at this, uh, now that we've wrapped it up, usually it's a point where, usually, this is where we always say, uh, we give our rating. So uh, so we do a rating here of one to ten canons. Uh, and it's not about whether even that you liked it or you didn't like it. It's however you want to answer. But in the in whatever your thought of canon films is, how canon do you think this film might be in terms of canon films? <laughs> Sandra, we'll start with you. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um let's see. I would say seven. Only because of like how intensely I looked at that list and how different this was from the entire list, mm-hmm. right? So like if uh, it seems as though like a lot of the other films were like like a little more serious, like actiony, yeah. da da da, like um, this one's a lot sillier, and I love that. Um, so I'll take the the three cannons that were missing of that ten, and I'll take them home with me in a big <laughs> hug. Um, but 
Other than that, seven seven cannons from a person who doesn't really know much about That's cannons. why we do this rating system, to get the best rating like that. I love it. Seven cannons. <laughs> uh, it's in our canon now. Frank, what's your rating? I'm about a six or a seven. Yeah. Yeah, because it has all the markings of a canon film. The budget, the choices... Uh, the acting, the ADR. Yeah, the ADR. Uh, I'm amazed oh, yeah. we didn't get into it as much. It's a lot of ADR issues. Uh, can't Frank's favorite. Yeah, yeah. I'm doing this. <laughs> but that's where I Yeah, am. I'm going to say five just for me. It feels like right down the middle. Like, because it does feel like it is also like, could be a bad idea MGM had in a weird way as well. Like, it's like, you know, just <laughs> right. the power of we've got Kathy on contract. Like, let's get her into a script we've found. Um, yeah. like, you know, like I'll rewatch Necessary Roughness and see if that movie is as much of a mess as this movie, but it is a charming movie. And I also give it a couple extra cannons because I've, uh, you know, watched it so much as a kid and it really did stick with me. I'm amazed that I've seen, I mean, I probably don't ever need to watch Alien from LA ever again, but only because I know it. I know it too well now. It's like too ingrained in my psyche and I need to work through the trauma that now I have, much like Wanda has in this movie. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Poor Wanda. Oh, Go get that taken care of so that your voice doesn't pitch up, all right? Okay, I'm going to Oh, man. So this was so fun. Thank you so much. Uh, for doing this and talking through this insane movie with insane choices. Um, <laughs> hey, thanks, Jeff. Uh, where can thanks, Frank. Where can the people uh, find you? Where should the people reach out uh, for your stuff? I have an Instagram and a Twitter. Uh, my handle is my name, Sandra Ramsey Sad. That's Sandra R A M Z Y S A A D. Um, and I have a little band as well. Um, you can find us at Eye of the Sun on Instagram. Yeah. That is awesome. Fantastic. <laughs> Please reach out and uh, check all that stuff out. And also, uh, fans of the pod. Thank you again for listening. Thank you for reaching out to us. Uh, uh, continue to send us uh, your thoughts on the various episodes. Uh, definitely always point out when we mess up something. Uh, it's a dream when it happens because it happens so little. Uh, and it, Yeah, not me. I don't want to know, guys. Yeah, no, 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 no. Do Please say hi. do not. <laughs> do say uh, hi. <laughs> and yeah, again, as we always say, please recommend to your friends, like, subscribe, as well as if you've got any hookups for some of the rarer canons. Uh, we're, we're close to 25 canon films, I think, soon. So that also means we are close to uh, f- trying to find some of the harder ones that are not streaming. Uh, and so, yeah, if you've got any ins on that, that would be awesome. Uh, Frank, what are our socials? You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at the Canon Canon. Remember that second Canon is one in. And you can also email us at the Canon at gmail.com. That second Canon again is only one in. Exactly. And Ooh-ooh. so until next week, I'm Jeff Garlock. And I'm Frank Garcia Hale. And this is the, the Canon Canon. Oh, Dad? Can I have a warm sandwich?